y'all. Welcome to another episode of the Pangra Podcast. Today we have a conversation with Omokureshi, Sid Bandit, and Sahab Grover about the mess that was ADZ 2020's judging. We're going to be using this more as a case study as to what to do if you're judging. We're going to analyze all the various mistakes made by all parties, the judges, and the competition, and how we as a community can really prevent this stuff in the future. Also, heads up, this one's fat. Honestly, I recommend listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Overcast and not SoundCloud because you can at least speed it up a bit on those podcast players. Sid talks super slow, but he is spitting some facts. You definitely want to hear the whole thing. Anyways, let's get into it. Yeah, I can take it away. So ADZ, for those of you who don't know, it's a competition that's held at the University of uh, Wisconsin-Madison, I believe. And uh, ADZ is a competition, for those of you who don't know, in the University of Wisconsin-Madison. It's held every single year. Uh, it's a Bhangra fusion competition, meaning that there's eight Bhangra teams and eight fusion teams. Okay, It's held every year. So this year, the placings for this competition were first place was Ministry of Bhangra, second place was Northwestern Bhangra, which is just a collegiate team, and third place was Spartan Bhangra, which is another collegiate team. So the competition happened, you know, just like anything happens, the competition happens, you know, the placings are given, everything, all that stuff goes on. And um, after that, you have judges meetings, right? So any for any new dancers out there, after a competition happens, the captains go and talk to the judges to walk through the placings, to ask questions, all of that. So after that happened, uh, one of the teams, KPGD, uh, they're from North Carolina, they went and had their judges meeting. And uh, we know one of the members on the team, Gunto, he's actually the captain of that team. And he sent us, so Umer, Sid, and myself, he sent us the judges meeting. So people typically record their judges meeting after it happens. They'll like put their phone down, record the meeting so they can listen to it again later. So Gunto sends it to us. When I get it, I'm like, okay, judges meeting recording. I've heard so many of these like... I don't really want to listen to this, but I was like, you know what? I'll listen to it. Like, why the hell not? Sure, whatever. So I hit, I, I, I'm like listening to it with my headphones and I'm listening to it. And I'm just like, whatever. Okay, I listened to it once. I went through the whole thing once and I kind of was just like, okay, that was whatever. And then Kunto then, I texted Kunto. I was like, dude, like, what do you want me to listen? Why do you want me to listen to this? And then I listened to it again. And then I, things started actually really sticking out to me. I was like, what the hell? Wait, hold up. Did it, they said, what? This is not how you run a judges meeting at all. So I, I listened to it again. I was like, holy shit, this is really bad. This is a really bad judges meeting. This is like horrendous. Like, I don't, it was cringeworthy. Yeah, and then while Saab was like listening to this, Gunto was basically having the same conversation with me. And I think like, honestly, I think Saab, like you texted me like as soon as I had just like finished listen to, listening to it. And so like Gunto like was texting me and he was like, yo, like listen to this, and I was like, dude, I I don't care. You yeah, bro, lost, I, like, like you're like that's exactly like, what I was like, dude. I'm like, oh, what's going on? I really don't want to listen to this right now. It's like twelve <laughs> o'clock at night. I gotta sleep. I got like I gotta go teach in the morning. Like, dude, like oh this is like God. I don't want to <laughs> listen to this. Like, literally, was that was my reaction. I was it was like this this is like Saturday Sunday night Saturday night I don't Saturday remember, night. Like, yeah. I was yeah, and I was like I was studying for my exam. I was like at the library at like ten p.m. He's like, dude, I promise you, dude, like you're gonna get a laugh out of this. Just like fuck <laughs> <listen to> this. <laughs> So, dude, okay, so so when I listened to it, right, so when I was listening to it, there was one thing that, like, right away, what made me first kind of, like, you know, maybe you would say, like, yo, what the hell, that doesn't make any sense, was 
some of the contradictions that the, the judges were saying while they were speaking and giving feedback to KBGD. And one of the things, so one of the judges, I don't remember which one, said word for word to KPGD, you were the most creative team of the night. Okay? So creativity is a part of the rubric. So they go and tell KPGD, you were the most creati- creative team of the night. Right? Then the scores are shown, and it shows that that judge had actually ranked KPGD third in creativity. What? You are, so this is like, you have 10 minutes with these, these, these judges, right? So you have 10 minutes with these judges and you're telling the team that you're the most creative of the night. And then in the points, in the points that you're scoring these teams based off of, which is then ending up and resulting in the placings, you're placing them third. That doesn't line up. You have to be like, that's not honest feedback to a team, right? So they're giving, they're like saying the team is creative, the most creative of the night, and then they're scoring them lower than that. So essentially what you're saying is you're throwing away, in my mind, what you're doing is, first of all, you're just, I don't know for what reason you're boosting the team. I don't know why as a judge you'd want to boost a team for no for no reason. But what do you get? What is that team going to get out of that when it's contradicting what you're saying on the, what you actually scored the team, right? And another thing about contradictions that I know you guys have heard this at some point in time in your careers, <laughs> when a judge will say, you know, one thing, and then immediately contradict it. It's like, oh yeah, you know, your formation is really good. And they'll say two more things. And then, you know, during your Thamal uh, segment, you know, the formations are actually really bad. And you sit there, you, you scratch your heads, like, well, why did you tell me that my formations are really good? Literally, that two sentences. Yeah. That happened to yeah. us. That, that, yeah, that dude, happened dude. to us. That happened to us, dude. That's happened to us multiple times. Dude, I forget what comp this was. This is like a pre-comp judges meeting. <laughs> and one of the judges was just like, okay, so like we were like asking, like, yo, like what what kind of what kind of performance do you want to see? And the judge, I I shit you not, said, uh, I want to see something like a like a Bruin like performance. I was like, okay, like what Bruin performance do you think like is like is in your eyes the kind of Bruin performance you want to see? It's like, oh yeah, I'd love to see like a 2017 KPGD or like 2018 SPD. Dude, how the f- <laughs> like those are like the polar opposite performances I've ever heard, like shit like that. Like, don't contradict yourself immediately after talking. We had a we had one meeting right where a judge said to us, um, "You guys just weren't memorable," but then they also told us that we had one of the best gimmicks of the night. Said, <laughs> so, does that sound familiar? <laughs> I'm not gonna comment. <laughs> It's tough. For those of you who don't know, I think that was Sue said that. No, I didn't say that. Who was it? Who was it? Who was it? I don't remember who it was for that. I, I don't remember who it was. It, 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 it was, um, I remember that happening though. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking in my own head, I was the first one to talk in that meeting, I think, or second one to talk. Yeah, this is and, referring to a bro, like brewing for dealers, brewing 2019 See, the thing was, is that like, I just, it wasn't me because I really stuck to like, because I had for delay at third and. I was just talking about the fact that you know the, why why I couldn't pull them higher like the or the arguments yeah. give like against me like why I couldn't pull them higher which we'll get into is like what you what kind of feedback mm-hmm. you should really be saying but no I can't remember who who said that it was one of the judges in the room but I, I mean I mean that's just one case right out of everything so you did a great job judging that competition don't worry oh um, <laughs> so no but that so getting back on the topic right yeah it, it, it's something along those lines and it's it's, it's, I just feel like it's one of those things where if as a judge you're not taking good notes and you, you don't have it in your head 
what you watched, which means you didn't really watch, <laughs> then you're just going to ramble, right? You're going to say, oh, I love your mix. Oh, your information is really good. This, that, and the next thing. And then all of a sudden, you might think of something that's actually productive to say that you actually remember, but it contradicts what you just said because you're just rambling because you don't really know what to say anyway. I think just to go off of that, like that point about clearly the person doesn't remember anything that, that happened during performance, I think that was really evident with these judges at this comp because, okay, when you first watch, like I, the, the, I watched KPG's performance and the first thing you see is when they start the dance set is this giant blooming flower like in the backdrop like huge like they're making this tower structure thing it's not just like a regular tower it's got like a 12 man 16 man tower thing and there's a blooming flower and it's going on throughout the entire performance like if anybody's watched 2017 kpgd you know what i'm talking about like they got stuff going on on the projector that correlates with what's going on during performance when they were when the judges were asked Okay, creativity, blah blah blah, and Kuntul saying like, "Yo, like, what about the projector?" Cricket, crickets. They, they somehow like, did not look at the pro- and this isn't like like a tiny projector. This isn't like the bird projector where it's like twenty feet above the performance and like a little tiny thing. This is like a giant like, Bruin level like huge projector. That's the entire backdrop, and somehow they didn't see that. Honestly, like. Like, I don't even know if you have eyes at that point. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know if you have eyes. Holy crap. Do you ever, do you guys remember? Okay, Van City posted this thing on their story one time a long time ago. It was like, what's that movie with, uh, where's like, you can't, it's not Quiet Place. It's the movie with, uh, what's her name? Sandra something, Sandra Bullock or something like that. Um, the Bird Box? Bird Box. Bird Box Judging Challenge. Yeah. That's what this was. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it wasn't even cricket, Zoomer. I remember what you're talking about. One of the judges said, I didn't notice your backdrop. And kudos to you for being honest, but still, how did you not notice that? Yeah, it's, that's, it, 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 what you, and I wanted to piggy off of what you were saying of, of how to be watching that. It's, it's all about, you know, you as a judge, you, I hope, <laughs> were, were a captain at some point in time or had something to do with choreography at some point in time. You know how much effort that takes. You know how much work goes into it. So if 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 I walk into a meeting and they just don't notice, one of, like it's one thing if they don't notice a little thing, like a small thing that might get missed, and that's my fault for not noticing it, for not making sure that that uh, the judge could see what was going on or what I was trying to do. When it comes to a backdrop, though, especially in the way that KPGD you know put it into their set, <clears throat> that's a tough thing to to take in. It's like you're just not paying attention at that point, or you're just you just don't care enough. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the right answer, but you you just don't you're just not doing a good job of taking in the entire performance. Like everything that could possibly go into a performance. You're not taking the whole thing in and judging it on a holistic manner. Uh, and and another thing that that I noticed in that was said to KPGD specifically was being compared to your prior performances and and this is this needs to be talked about. It's not when when you say that to a team. It, it, I, I don't get. It, it's it, you. You can't tell a team to you know create your own identity and then hose them for having their own identity. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense to you guys, but that's like telling Fertilia to stop doing their low claps or what, I don't know what you guys call the shing, them. Shing, 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 shing. Yeah, and it's like telling us to not have our. The funny it's thing like, is, what? people do tell us that, but <laughs> Apple, bro. no. But no, no, here's the thing, though. No one. 
no one's ever going to tell NJ to stop doing NJ choreo that we know is NJ's choreo and they've been doing it since 2009. Yeah. Nobody's going to tell SGPD to not do the heel click. Nobody's going to tell, no one's tell SGPD to not KPGD do the heel click. to not put a disco ball on stage. Like, shit like that. That's yours. It's your identity. Yeah. Yeah. You rock it, right? That, like, we know you because of that kind of thing. And, you know, at the same time, if we see that in another team, we're going to tell them, hey, look, we know where you got that step. But where I'm going with this is, you know, Judge compared KPGD's drops from that night at ADZ to their prior performances. It's like, no, like, you don't, you can't do that. You can, you take what, what happened that night and you compare it to what else happened that night. Okay. Not okay. some, nothing to do with what happened at a previous performance. Okay. Taking it back to this ADZ example, taking it back to this ADZ example, what was actually said, and I'm going to ref, I'm going to refer back to what was said in this judges meeting itself. They said, why didn't we score higher on creativity? And they said, because you've done this drop before. So we're going to dock you on points for creativity. That's what was said. And that's what Sid, you're referring to. You can't do that. You can't, you can't do that. You can't be docking somebody's points because they did a drop at a competition before. If you want to do that, then SPD did, had a sub video on their Instagram that was literally very similar to what they did at Big Ten. So you're going to dock all their points because they've done that move before. You cannot dock a team. You can't hurt a team. You can provide feedback, but you can't hurt a team's score because they did a drop before in a different set in the previous performance. It just doesn't It doesn't make sense. And that kind of like ties back. That just ties back into... 100%. Um, yeah, and... and as as Saab mentioned earlier, we we did get to see the points how they fell at ADZ and and stuff just didn't check out. Uh, as Saab also said in the beginning, uh, KPGD was told they got max points, you know, the most points in creativity, but they actually got the third most points in creativity. How to score uh, and how do you, it, it, I don't know? It, it's <laughs> I've had arguments with people about this, and it just doesn't make sense why I can't get through to certain people. But you have to be able to use your points to back up what you're saying and what you think. Okay. You can't say that, Oh, you were the cleanest team of the night and then give me the third most points in, cl- in cleanliness. Then, you know, that, that you're not using your numbers to back it up. Like, look, it's either one way or another. And I don't care which way it is. Either I was the third most or I was the best, like, like third best or best. It, that, like it doesn't matter which one it is. But you need to you need to actually be in you know align it together. Make sure that it is correct, and that's why like when it comes to rubrics and you know it's so important to have the rubrics properly worded so that everybody understands what's going on. What does what does each thing mean? That's what the the pre comp judges meetings are for, right? So that everybody knows what what each section means, how it's going to be judged, and then when you're actually judging it as a judge. You can get you. You're supposed to use these points to rank who was best in creativity of that night, who was second best, and by how much. Like if if one team goes and they do an excellent job in creativity, and the next team goes and they're slightly worse, right? Again, I'm not here to tell you how to think about Bangra. I'm not here to tell you. I'm not here to impose my opinions on you. All I'm saying here is that if you think that the second team was less creative than the first team then that team needs to have less points in creativity. Now, how much less is how much less you think it deserves to be. 
Is that, am I saying this okay, guys? Are you telling me? If- I well, I want to like what you're saying is 100 percent right, and I think what you were saying is people. You said it before you were saying how there's a certain group of people that this doesn't get doesn't resonate with, right? And I I'm I kind of sit in a position where I understand both sides. I, I sit in a position where I understand what you mean by Bangra and what what they what Sid is referring to, uh, like what Sid is referring to here is like there's a subjectivity to Bangra. It's an art. It's a creative dance, right? It's not um it's not like a basketball game where there's a score of a hundred to ninety eight and that a team A gets a hundred and team B gets ninety eight so team A wins. It's it, it's it's more of an art, you know. That's what these but I think sometimes it gets misinterpreted. That's what the scores mean. But what the scores are doing, and this is like how I've always thought about it, is the scores put objectivity to a subjective subject. And that's why they're so important. Right? That's why it's very important to understand how to properly score and what does it mean to properly score a team and why those scores are important. Because I, I you kind of use this example and just tying it back to school, right? I could be in my 10th grade English class and write this amazing 10-page essay about Moby Dick, okay? I can write this 10-page essay about Moby Dick. I turn, okay, I didn't actually, okay? I, I hate I hate it writing, okay? But I could write this 10-page essay about this novel that I read, okay? Turn it into my teacher, okay? Turn it into my teacher, and they give me a C. Now, in my opinion, as a subjective opinion, I said, this is amazing writing. I could even show it to my mom. I could have showed it to my family. I could have showed it to some English English professor at Harvard, and they could have said, this is amazing writing. But let's just say I turned that in, and I didn't cover the specific topics that the teacher was looking for. That's what the point of a rubric is. It's supposed to drive. It's adding this objectivity to a subjective uh, subject, which would be writing. And that's why these, these this writing and why we're putting so much time and effort talking about scoring and why people why rubrics were created in the first place. And I really want this kind of I want what I'm saying right now to resonate with those individuals who think that rubrics should be torn up and thrown away, and that I'll know what first, second, and third is just by watching the performance. I'm cool, cool with that. Yeah, and and so like I just want to make something very clear here. I don't care what anybody's opinion right. is. What do you mean? <laughs> I just want. Like, I just want your opinion, whatever it is, to come through in your points so that everything falls correctly, yeah. right? Like, yeah. like you and I have judged together and we have disagreed. We're not going to have the same opinion. That's fine. And your points reflect exactly what you're saying. And my points reflected whatever I was saying, right? So there's, not, there's nothing wrong with that, right? But that's exactly how it should go. I would be upset with you if you said, okay, I think team one should win because they were the most clean team of the night. And I'm looking at your points, and and you have them in th- like you gave them less points than two other teams in cleanliness. Okay, well that's screwing with the point system too here. Like you're you're not you're like you you're not doing it correct. You're not putting the numbers down correctly. And then whenever because because at the end of the day, you know I understand that you can just say that and you believe that and that's fine. But just let your numbers reflect it. We we need the, we we need this. So, I don't know. Yeah, and it's, it's very important. It's such a you deep subject to, to get there, into. There's nothing you can't just sit there and watch a performance mm-hmm. and just know what's first place. You got to have the numbers to help you rank those teams. But what happened at ADZ, and it's just tying it back to this competition. One of the judges, we actually got handed like just a, a little back backstory. We got actually, we actually have the scoring sheets from what the competition, and one of the judges gave Mob. A 97 out of 100. Okay? A 97 out of 100. 
Now, I, that means their performance was nearly perfect. Anybody can go watch that video, and and Jordan and Akash and all those guys know, captains of the team, we're not coming after you guys, but that this wasn't a 97. <laughs> like, plain and simply, it wasn't a 97. And this inability to score single-handedly ruins competitions because you've ruined the average. Like Because in a, in a competition like this, you have three judges. That means that you're not throwing at any scores, right? A 97 skews mobs average so much higher than it probably should be. It doesn't matter how much normalization you want to do and, and mathematics you want to do, statistical manipulation, that 97 is going to carry mobs so much higher than they probably deserve to be. And what that does, and what that does is, so you go into the judges meeting, so this is because not everyone's a judge, right? And I want people to understand what goes on behind the scenes. So then what goes, ha what goes on is then we are having the judges, we have a deliberation meeting after the competition is done to decide, to have a, you know, we each have our own points about our placings. What happens is you go and tally up those scores and you may see that because of that 97, mob is now, instead of being where they truly should be, maybe two points ahead of the second place team, they're five points ahead of the second second team or six or seven points ahead of the second second place team. And what that does in your judging discussion is then you're like, well, if they're this much higher than them, I mean, you still can deliberate, but it skews the conversation as well. It ends up affecting deliberation. Generally, when you're when you're um, going through, you look at the, you, the first thing you do is look at the, if you look at the points and like one like first place five points and second points second place is like five points ahead of third and then third place is like five points ahead of fourth. Oh, okay. You might you might just be like, all right, well, does anybody really have any issues with this? If not, all right, we're just gonna keep going. Like that's it. Like that's that that's your whole deliberation process. It's very fast. You don't have much time. You know, you so, have only five like generally, minutes. like you might only deliberate if you know there's like a one to three point difference, or there's like a tie, like a like statistical tie. Meaning, like, like you know, if, okay, if there's like a one to one point five difference between like third and fourth place, it's basically a tie. You should talk about because, it. and let me just emphasize, it's it's because it's an average of all of the judges, exactly. right? If the average exactly. of all the judges is only a point apart, that means the teams were super close. If the average is five points apart, that means we as a judging panel clearly had this team ahead of the, the other team. Mm -hmm. Right? It's a combination of the whole panel. It's not just me. It's not just you. It's not just whoever it is. Right? That's what those averages mean. And that's why the averages are super important. That's why the numbers are important to back up what we all saw. So if you saw that that team was a 97, <laughs> you're screwed. Like, look, I'm not saying, I'm not questioning if you thought that team was a first place team. Right? But that's skewing the score hard. Like whatever the next team was, were they really? I don't remember what the scores are, but you know, I can't remember what this judge gave like KPGD. But I'm just, in my own opinion, it's going to be very difficult for me to believe that Mob was 20 to 30 points ahead of a KPGD and what they did on that night. It's just, come on, like that's a huge margin. Well, 20 to 30 <laughs> point difference means that team was what? 33% better, right? So, We're just spitting math out right now, right? 33% better or 30% better than that other team. Yo, nobody at this competition was 33% yeah, like better than anybody. What we're talking about here, right. right? And you guys are talking about is relativity. So what people do, and this is a very rookie mistake, very big, very rookie mistake. They take numbers out of context, okay? When Sid was mentioning, like Sid, you mentioned the 97, right? You mentioned it. You didn't just say 97. I mean, I did. But you didn't just say 97 out of 100 and then not mention any other team. You said that team, not that 97, is not, they weren't like 20 or 30 points higher than another team. 
So what you did right there, and like what your thought process is, is you're adding relativity to that 97% number. Right? Yeah. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, again, I, I, I don't want to, uh, I get, and it's not even about what I want to, I don't care what your opinion is, but the spread matters, right? And the relative spread matters. If, if every single team was within the 90, was, was, was within the 90s, because I would imagine, I didn't watch that many other videos, but I'm imagining all the teams within a 15-point range. That means that all the scores should have been right around 97, <laughs> which you're just not going to do. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Right? But, but like, it's just like when people, when new teams, especially new teams, and also new judges, when they take over, they, they kind of missed out on that relativity portion of it, right? So I kind of, like, I, I thought about this before we started this podcast of what relatively me, relativity means in Bhangra scoring, okay? And what I want to do, and you guys and Sid, you judged NDC with me, so you can kind of back me up. And Umar, you watched all the performances for the most part. I want to kind of take, like, mm-hmm. so Sid and I judged NDC together, and I have the score sheets in front of me. And I want to explain to people what relativity is, right? People should understand what relativity means. So I'm taking this, so I'm taking NDC, Nutchley, Cleveland, 2020, okay? That rubric had a, had a section called risk and ideas. Okay, this is uh, the risk and ideas section essentially said this is something new. Um, this is a risky choreography, meaning that it's com- it's complex. There's potential for failure. There's there's that, that's what kind of the risk section. I mean, I don't have it entirely in front of me, but I have the scores. OK, so this is what relativity means. So I had BU Pangara in the risk and ideas at this competition, a 16 out of 20. OK, then I have DDR, who was a 17 out of 20. Okay, for the risk and ideas portion. So what essentially happens is what I'm what I'm saying, what do those scores mean? I'm saying that BU had the second riskiest set. So when I went into that judges meeting with them, I said, you guys, I said to them, I said, you guys had one of uh, one of the more riskier sets of the night. You were up there in the, probably the, mo- the highest amount of risk in your set. And I would tell them that DDR had them beat out, in my opinion, for this, for A, B, and C reasons. Okay. So I maybe I think I, I said DDR hard some they like DDR did the worm in their set. So I was like, that's risky. Like, you know, that's a risky thing to do in a Bhangra set. Like, <laughs> you know, BU yeah. did like the hurricane, which is like a breakdancing thing, not the coffee grinder, but hurricane. That mm-hmm. puts them up there. But DDR had some more risky port, ports, like parts, which then adds me, allows me to have relativity. Then I had maybe another team, um, and I'm going to give this as a reference, just keep talking about the risk and idea section. I had MBT, okay? MBT didn't have much risk and ideas. So I and 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 relative to BU, I gave them an eight out of twenty for the risk and ideas portion. Okay. So when I go into the meeting with MBT, I can go and explain to them, relative to these other teams, you had one of the least risk like least risky sets. Okay. And this is why. This is what these other teams did better than you. And this is why you scored here. Okay. So that's what relativity means. And now I'm gonna and now this rubric, I'm gonna go a little bit deeper into this. Because I mentioned those three teams. Yeah, what's up? Real quick, so I just, let, me just, let me highlight one thing. <clears throat> I want everybody to just know that what Saab did there just now, he, he compartmentalized that one part of the rubric yep. and judged teams to each yep. other, right? That's the key. It's not necessarily about the numbers, but to each other, how, com- like how, how were they comparatively, right? DDR was slightly more risky than BU. MBT was significantly less risky than those two. Yeah, is that correct? Right? Exactly. And that's exactly what you mean. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And, and that's the key right there is the numbers reflect that. And it's proper. If if MBT was a little more risky, they probably would have gotten a 10 instead of an 8. 
right? It, it's just whatever actually happened that night, that's what you got to do is, is make sure that those scores are relative to each other, especially in the margin and the very in between. Thing, Sid, you talked about car, uh, compartmentalizing the rubric. Another part of that rubric was dancing, okay? And in that dancing section, okay, let me, I'm just going to pull this up. So in that dancing section, the funny thing is MBT actually scored the highest at this competition in the dancing section relative to all the other teams. So to give you some numbers, so BU had the riskiest. So this is why compartmentalizing is important because I can actually then tell the team what they need to improve on to why, what they need to improve on. I can tell them what hurt them and then also what they need to improve on to, to score better on this rubric. Just highlighting what I just said. Score better on this rubric. Yeah. Okay. And we, in you know, spe- speaking freely here, and we told MBT that we we're like, guys, like dancing is absolutely. You guys, you guys won in terms of dancing aspects of, of the rubric, but the you know the rubric doesn't value that as much as it valued choreographical elements, risk elements, creation elements. Had you guys done a few more things, you're placing in this comp. You actually bring a risky set with this level of dancing, you win this comp, kind of. Th- you know, like, but that's what you is just as like Asab said. We have the points to back up. Like, hey, you guys were the best dancing team of the night. The reason you guys didn't place today is because you had made you know one of the like worst sets of the night comparatively to everybody else. Yeah, so that's like the important part of the scoring and how to properly score. And now for those people who say. Well, I know what's number one. I know what first, second, and third. Like I know what first, second, and third is without looking at a rubric. This is why a rubric is important. Okay, we're gonna kind of talk about Pungadar knowledge and the Pungadar knowledge portion now. So those people who do say I know what first, second, and third is by just watching, they're basing it off their knowledge and their their experience, which is okay. I get that you're basing it off knowledge and experience, but what that knowledge and experience is supposed to be used for is your understanding how to know what is risky and what's not risky. What is proper choreography thought process? What's not proper choreography thought process in relation to what's written in the rubric? That's where your knowledge actually comes into play. So if I was an inexperienced person, right, and I didn't know anything about Bhangra, or I never made a set, right? I'm just a, I was just a dancer on team. I've never made a set. I, I've never been part of the, I've never captained a team, or I've never been part of that, that thought process of creating a set. I wouldn't know how to properly judge risk and ideas because I wouldn't know how to score. I wouldn't know that DDR was more risky than BU or I wouldn't know that MBT had no, no risk. And also on the flip side, talking about the dancing side, I wouldn't have known that the dan- that MBT had the best dancing if I wasn't experienced enough to understand that. That's where the Pungada, and that's where that Pungada knowledge comes into play, right? Yeah, and so like, like what we're not arguing is like, Oh, yeah, like, we're not saying, like, anybody can judge. No, no, for fuck's sake, no, not everybody should be judging. But you need to have that background. Like, you need to have that background in order to be able to concisely, like, give that proper feedback and apply that feedback and all that knowledge into the point. If you're not able to word that, if you're not able to apply those points properly, then you're being a trash judge. And I guess I think that's what gets lost. It's just like, oh, no, like, Yep. I should just be but, able to tell. But really, like we're talking about understanding of Fungar, bro. You guys know what happened, right? With AVZ's bug thing. No, dude. Yeah, yeah. I, that was bad. Go off, sis. I mean, that's the, that's the next part of what we're gonna talk yeah, about. It was, yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> it was. It was bad. It was bad. Um. So yeah. 
I mean, what happened at ADZ was, so they had a mob had an issue where one of their dancers stopped dancing because their bug was loose, went off stage, took their bug off, and then came back on stage 30 seconds later. Okay? In the Bangladesh circuit, that is not, you do not place a team first place when their bug comes off. It, it's kind of an unwritten rule, uh, so I'm glad we're able to talk about it here. It, it's an unwritten rule that it's just not stated, but when a bug comes off, you just don't place that team in first place. And an example that happened is actually in the UK, University of Birmingham at the Bangladesh Showdown 2016. One of their dancers, they, okay, this team, just as a backstory, this team is ripping this set. It is a flawless performance, no mistakes. Um, Honestly, I'll, I'll link, I'll link that a, performance in the show notes. It's yeah. fucking phenomenal. It's a great performance. It, it was an amazing performance. Um, in the ending segment, one of the dancers' bugs came off. Automatically, that team got second place. Automatically, they got second place. Um, they were literally just essentially, they said when your bug came off, second place. And the other problem that happened, and you can talk about this, Umer, but dude, you, how many points were taken off? All right, listen, listen. The judges? Okay. The only thing is, like, I judged with one of the judges at this competition the previous year at this competition at ADZ. And, like, we had this discussion mm-hmm. where it was like, yo, dude's bug fell off last, like, 30 seconds. This team probably would have placed, but, yo, we got to take minus five off, right? Everybody's like, yes, nods, right, for minus five. Cool, cool. Ended it. Discussion over. This this year, one of the judges from last year is also on this panel this year, and I look at everybody's points it's for the mob and... What do I fucking see? Dude, like, one of them gave him minus one, one of them gave him minus two, one of them gave him minus three. Like, dude, like, you know this. Like, all, like every single one of those judges, I'm pretty sure has, okay, two of the, uh, one of the judges was a captain, another judge, I don't know who she was, and then the other judge person has danced a lot. Like, you know a bug falling off is minus five. So how in the world do you I justify wanna, a wanna... minus one? come to some some level of defense here i think i think we've been lucky enough outside of the uk example that you just rambled off sob that we haven't seen anything like that in recent memory where you know teams teams a first place team and then the bug comes off and they're just automatically out of contention it's happened in the past whenever i was no no no, it happened happened to fadila yeah okay so here's where i'm going with it we we haven't seen any controversy around it Right. And, and I think this is this is probably a big, yeah. you know, maybe a proponent of why we really need to reignite BTF here. When this would happen in the past, that that was twenty comments worth of a thread. Man, if the bug doesn't come off, you guys are easily placing. When I'm a young as a young dancer, I'm obviously reading this and learning that this is like what this what 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 it means in terms of judging. Like I already know the bug is an important thing. Like it's it, it's an important piece that is worn on a daily basis. It has meaning, but what does it mean in Bangra? I learned, be, you know, via via reading all that stuff, right, and, and talking to people and understanding. Even over the course of time and have, being a younger team, when you don't have bug tires properly, you know, doing stuff, you you your own team gets wrecked. I learned it over time. I'm not sure if any of these dancers ever ever encountered a situation or even know about a situation that what to do in that kind of situation, right? Because we talk about, as you said, it's a perfect way to say it, Saab, is it's an unwritten rule, right? There's unwritten rules in every single sport. And same thing here. This is an unwritten rule of Bangra. 
Like you have to have a team that is 20 points ahead of every other team. If they have a bug come off, like maybe you can talk about first place, but I would be so hesitant to give that team a first place. You know what I mean? Like in, and, and, and yeah. again, I know this one judge had mob at a 97, but you know, that's what was, t- it's, it's, it was tough for me to, to watch that happen. It's just like, no, it's like, you just don't do that. It's an unwritten rule of Bogota, that team that has a bug come off. Like they're not winning. And it sets a horrible precedent. That's the problem. Like, as a judge, and you know, Sid, you like, Umar, you guys, when someone gives you feedback as a judge, you go, you take that to heart, right? Because they're judge, they've showed their experience or their knowledge of Pongada, like they understand or lack it, thereof. right? You, you take their take what they say for the most part, except when they don't know what yeah. they're doing. You take what they say to heart. So what happens when a judge goes to a competition and places a team first place that did have a bug come off? It starts becoming like, oh. That's devalued. It's not. A, it's okay. That's okay. That's okay for a bug to come off. That team can still win. No, mm-hmm. that's not how this, this. That's not how that rolls. It's not how it works. And I want people. I actually want people to hear that because, it, especially new dancers who don't know anything about Bungada, they come in and they see that mob performance. They don't even care if the bug came off or not. No, you got to realize that bug coming off is a big deal. It's a very big deal. Hundred percent. And in another thing that that happens and happened in this meeting is. Mm-hmm. When we talk about knowledge and understanding of Bhangra, is verbiage and step names. You know, it's. I understand that maybe you may have had a captain that learned a certain way, but if you're going to be judging, you know, call the step names what they should be called, not like up legs and triple taps and whatnot. Honestly, if if it was me, I would. I even when I was a younger dancer, I wouldn't have known what that meant. <laughs> like, which triple tap are you talking about? <laughs> And at one point, at one point in time when I was doing legs where I was picking up my legs because I'm picking up my legs the whole set, what does up legs mean? (laughs) Like squats, I get. I understand when someone says squats, but, you know, why are we not saying them all? And, you know, like, it's weird to me. Why are you not calling it Jandusinga? Yeah, why are you not calling it Jandusinga? Like, how do you not know that? Yeah. If you're a Bhangra judge, I get it if you're a first-time dancer, but... If you're a Bhangra judge, you don't know what Jandu Sangha is? Like, and, you're just going to call it triple taps? And I get it. There's also some. There's also certain steps that you just don't know what the names are, right? And Because the reality is... Oh, is dude, that there's so many of those, man. Is <laughs> I tr- but I end up making up names for them. But you have to... And there's Fulkari, there's Fulka. You know, we've had that discussion with people. Um, Pataka, Shisha, you know, there's yeah. like different names for everything like that. But one of the... I What I do, my little trick is learn a little bit of Punjabi. When someone is clapping, that's a Thari. So anytime you need, then what you do is you just morph the name. You can keep it the same like name, but just add a Punjabi word in there. Then everybody thinks it's <laughs> that's the trick, man. That's what I learned. That's what I do when I'm teaching. If I don't know the name, I'm like, oh yeah, that move is Punjabi. It's called a uh, Atari Atari Punjab. Yeah, that's what. But this is reality, man. All the, like Ustad at some point in time just gave it a name, you know, and yeah. like I get it. I get it for some of that, but there's certain things that you should just know. Yeah, you know. Okay, so like, okay, we're talking about like, okay, so you just like, Sid, you're talking about like, okay, you're going to go in and judge, right? And I kind of talked about this before. One of the most important parts is like everything, you know, it's kind of weird. Like our whole conversation, like just taking it from the beginning is not, is all based off of this judges meeting. So it kind of shows you the value that that judges meeting can have. And I think one of the important things that, that it's like, it's that time is for you to properly give feedback to that team. Right. Instead of just handing them a bunch of scores 
you can actually explain yes. to the team why they placed using the rubric. Yeah, and right? like that's the important part of WWE. You have to understand that. The part. thing with it is, guys, is you have to be able to tell the team why they placed where they placed using the rubric. Okay, so I don't care if a team got sixth. I don't care if a team got second. You just have to tell them, like, hey, look, via you know, this is if you don't want to tell a team where they placed, you know, that's on you. They're probably going to ask you where they placed. So I don't really have any problem telling a team where they place like what's wrong with honesty when they're going to get the points anyway <clears throat> you have to be able to tell a team why they placed where they placed using the rubric and it goes it ties back into what we talked about how to score because you can tell a team again hey you were you were pretty decent in this area in this area but you weren't you weren't good here and that's what brought you down or and stuff like that especially when it comes to the second and third place teams why didn't they get first you want to be able to use the specific parts of the rubric where they lacked in comparison to that first place team so that they have actionable feedback to go back and say, this is why we, we didn't win on this night, right? And in, especially when it comes to, the, like, especially the second and third place teams, like I, I, you guys can have been in, the shoes, been in these shoes and any team out there that has, been, has tasted some success has been in these shoes. If you're not getting the answers as to why you lost, you just walk out like pissed off, right? And if you don't get answers of what you what, where I was lacking and why I didn't or if you know when we used to get quote unquote fourth place, <laughs> why why weren't we actually placing? And it's just you know oh you know your mix was really good and I liked your formation. Like I don't care. Like that's useless information. Saying you like my mix does not help me in any way, shape, or form. Right? Saying my formation is really good doesn't help me in any way, shape, or form. Okay, which gets me to yeah, my next point. Is, <clears throat> I, when you're talking about a team set, you have to give actionable feedback, which goes back to what notes you're taking and being able to break down the set, mm -hmm. right? So if you're going to sit there and say, okay, I liked your formations, well, tell me what I did good, right? If you didn't like my formations, tell me what I did bad. If you didn't like it, if you didn't like something, tell me why. Like, it's not just like, oh, well, you know, so-and-so was off. This was off. I liked your mix. Like, that, like don't tell me that. Okay, during this segment, Here's what happened, and here's why it didn't hit, right? And you, and you, and it could be anything. Like, like, and you guys know it can be anything that caused a certain thing to just not hit, right? For example, it could be the way you way a team sets up a drop. Like they're about, you know, they're they're build up, build up, build up, and they just all all of a sudden drop into like a jaw, and the flow about the way they're moving their feet doesn't doesn't check out, right? And all you need to say to them, hey, look, at that point when you dropped into that step. It didn't hit and it didn't work. And, and what I think you need to do is add formational movement that leads into the drop so that when you hit the drop, it doesn't look awkward. That's actionable. And that's a that, that's an actual thing a team can take back and actually change their set so that that part, when the next time they perform, will actually hit. That also teaches a team how to think about their choreography. Like, when we hit any drop now, does it flow? Or are we going to get this same comment again? Does that make sense, guys? Am, 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 is this is all this is all checking out? Yeah. No, yeah. No, it doesn't make sense to me. So <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> um, you know that makes complete sense, man. Like, I I didn't understand. I I it took me, and I'm this is not me talking my personal experience. I like this podcast because I can actually talk about some like personal experiences that I had. Up until well, I started dancing in 2012 with the Michigan Bungaroo team. Okay. Um. I started dancing in 2012. I did multiple judges meetings in between that time. The first time I actually got actionable feedback was blowout 2016 when Ankush, Trog, Ashita, and Sid, you judged it. Dude, before that, no one, oh, sorry, and I did get some actionable insight, sorry, before that, 
Sorry, Kunto, I will give you 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 also did give us an actual feedback at Nashville in 2015. But those three years from 2012 to 2015, no one ever told us any of these things that you told us, Sid, which is what you just mentioned. And the second, the second I heard that, it improved our set design and our execution and our choreography and our creativity so much because it gave us something to work with. The judges didn't just come and say, which is what they used to do before, and these other ones, they're like, I didn't like this, I like this, I didn't like this, um, that guy was off, that guy sucked. Like, that's what they used to do. Okay? What the hell do you want me to do? You want me to drop this guy? I mean, like, first of all, tell me what's off about this person. Like, you can't just say that shit. Like, you want me to just drop a dancer? Okay. Like, that's how it works. But that actual insight, it's very important because as a judge, that's why you're, you're not just, and I also, I put this on mm-hmm. all my applications. Sorry, I no, don't no, mean to get off topic, but I put this on all my applications. My job is, yes, to judge the rubric. And, and, and I want to give another example here of, yeah, of MBT. Right? At some point in time, when I judge them, they did, they did a drop. And what I would imagine <clears throat> happening is, you know, the judge would say, you know, this drop didn't hit. Right. And, and, th- and that's it. That's all. That's all that would happen. The judge, oh, this drop didn't hit. Not why. Right. It just didn't hit. Or they'll say something like the guy in the middle wasn't executing properly. Right. Just very just not, neither of those statements are wrong. OK. Mm-hmm. But those statements are not actionable because it doesn't actually tell you what was wrong <laughs> or why it didn't hit. You know what I mean? So the, the yep. way you should be saying it and what yep. I did to MBT that, that one time was, OK, you had this one guy. I think it was I think it was pink I don't I don't know and let's just say it was pink guy was in the middle for the jaw drop and the reason that it didn't hit is because number one he is the highlight and he is not executing it correctly his feet were inside of his knees now you guys all know what that looks like when a child right when someone's doing child and the feet are inside their knees it just looks weird it's not listening it's also just not proper form right that's why that drop didn't hit like you teach him to have his feet outside of his knees like that all 11 other people had it all of a sudden, everything looks right. This is a perfect. This is a perfect drop. Right? That's another example of don't just say, "Oh, pink guy was off." Say why he was off, and that also, you know, goes back to when you are taking notes. Yeah. Don't just write "pink guy is off." Write "pink guy off jaw, legs, feet inside knees." Right? Because you can then reread that. Right before you get before you talk Some, to MBT, you yeah. can reread that yeah. and remember what happened because you actually wrote it down. <laughs> you know, dude. Yeah, and like I like to remembering, like I don't listen. I personally think it is a valid critique to say, "Yo, I just didn't remember much from your performance." But you can't just stop. You can't just like literally say, "Yeah, I didn't remember anything," and then just sit down and lay back, and like so give him a stare and a shrug, being like, "Uh." Oh, yeah, that's actually say? what happened in the ADG judges meeting. Yeah, like, yeah. dude, listen. K for KPGD. That's listen, exactly what happened. When you are. When you say that, you can say, listen, the reason I don't really remember it is because this happened. Where you can say, listen, there were like three people in the back that were like floating around, not really sure what they're doing. So like my attention focused to them. And so I'm not remembering your drop. I'm remembering, oh yeah, they're fucked up like five times in the back. Like I don't know what am I supposed to do. Like that is an actual feedback. You can say like, listen, I don't remember what happened because the buildup just just honestly like didn't really hit you can say oh the mix really didn't amp like didn't match with what the music what the choreo was doing so it didn't like stick out as a memorable moment to me like those are actionable things you can give to a team but just sitting there and saying i couldn't remember anything sucks <coughs> fuck you like not like yo honestly if you are not then you need to go back as a judge you need to take better notes and if you're not taking better notes if you're not remembering 
what the teams are there. That's literally your job. If you aren't remembering what the teams did, like why the ah! fuck are you even one there? Thing, one thing that I know that has happened when whenever a team comes through and they got really low points for me on creativity and I and they didn't really do anything entertaining. You know, it's you, it, this all goes back to your notes, right? Like, okay, every single time that someone's doing something, at least for me, I'm writing down what's going on. If I'm not writing anything, that means that, that there's your feedback. It's like, hey, it's like you did this entire Thamal segment and you guys just did basic Thamal steps and nothing was entertaining. You weren't bouncing your shoulders. Like, it was just blah. But I write that down. I write that down. <laughs> That's what you should be saying. Not, I don't remember anything. It's like, okay, I remember you did a Thamal segment and it was, it was just whack because you didn't do anything creative you didn't do anything entertaining and you guys weren't you weren't bouncing your shoulders so-and-so's legs were were you know not getting high enough like you can you have things to write down and that's what you should be saying not that i don't remember anything yeah so i mean i'm hearing all this stuff and i mean this whole time right and guys we've been talking about this like this case study of adz right what i want people i mean to it was shitty judges is not the 80s it was, was shitty, shitty judging, judging. <laughs> i'm actually glad it happened Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Kunto. I know you. you I know you're probably like, why though? All those teams who didn't play, like, yo, yo, Sam, why would you even say that? But I'm glad something like this happened because it gives us an opportunity to speak to younger generations, older generations, and to a wider audience and how to tackle this issue and actually how to be a better judge. Because I, I'll be honest, dude, I didn't know when I was like a first-time dancer back in 2012, 2013, that like, judging was so important. Like judging was such a high, like it's such a high honor to judge a competition and that everybody wants to do it. I just thought I was like, oh, I might judge a competition if someone asks me, but now it's getting more to the forefront. And we want people to take away a lot of what we're being said, what what's being said here is, okay, if I go and judge a competition, how do I do it? How do I do a good job, right? And one of the first things, and we didn't touch upon this too much, and the one of the things I learned first was you have to understand that rubric that you're judging to. You even, regardless of how much Bhangra knowledge you have, you know how many first places, second places, how many times you've placed and how great your Pangara team is, how creative a choreographer you are. You yeah. need to understand the rubric you're judging to. Right? So like, like, so like, I remember like the first time I judged you, I judged with you. And the first time I was like, I was like sitting there and I, you were telling me like, you have to read this, dude. You need to know what all these words mean. 100%. And what, and what, what and how to interpret this and to score. And to score. The, the key thing there, and, 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 you know, I might not have said that, or maybe I did say it to you uh, whenever I, I did. I don't know if it was you or no, somebody else, but I definitely But it. It, it probably was me, because I said, I mean, I say that to anybody that, that is a new judge with me. The key is, is that when you are watching a performance, you're watching it, you should be watching it through the lens of this rubric, Right. So understanding what the verbiage is and what it means and how it's meant to be interpreted. And then you are watching this and being able to then think as you're watching about the rubric too, if that makes sense, right? Being able to like interpret what you're watching via the rubric as your, as your guide allows you to actually score properly and be able to then talk to the teams properly via this rubric, right? The rubric is the, is the playing field of the competition, right? As, as you said before, this is an art, right? This is, it's just whatever we create. There's no rules to what you can and can't do, technically. <laughs> Some people might say otherwise. But that's the whole point of the rubric, is to give the teams coming to that competition, hey, this is our rubric, here's our playing field, right? We're going to get the best possible judges to interpret these rules to watch what you guys have created based on here's your rubric, right? 
So as a judge, understanding the rubric and every single word that's in there is key to being able to watch a performance. Because again, teams are preparing for this rubric. They're not, they, they can't read your mind. They don't know everything about you. They don't know your upbringing in Barna. Because at the end of the day, your resume doesn't truly tell you every tell anybody everything about how you think about Bangarda, right? That's why the rubric is there to give it some sort of sub, like objectivity, some sort of playing field. And so, as a judge, you have to know this. And as you're watching it, then you can go back and score and be able to talk to the teams through. So the I do want to like curve this conversation a little bit. Saab, like walk me through what Sid and Kunto were like doing when they were quote unquote training you. They did they- nothing, bro. I like. I learned everything on my own. I don't know what they did. I'm joking. They helped me out a lot, honestly. They, they, sitting Kunto helped me out a lot as as first time judge. So, I I mean like I mean I talked I talked about earlier about if you're a new judge, what do you want to do, right? To to be a good judge, and one of the things that um, Kunto actually before I even got to the competition, what I used to do was I actually messaged people in the circuit who judged me before and. Um, I have heard good things about. So I sent a message to Ridda, who Ridda was a, she is a captain of Sean Muktiyanadi, which is SMD, one of the greatest, um, like one of the best Bunga teams of all time, right? You can, you can put them up there. Uh, so I actually messaged her because I knew she used to judge us at competitions. I got some actually feedback and advice from her on how to properly judge and how to like read a rubric on, and that whole experience. But what I, what Sid and Kuntal did when I got there, got there was they sat me down in a room, okay? They sat me down in the room in a hotel room, and they played two videos. Mm-hmm. One was a KPGD video, one was an FCD video, okay? Uh, videos I've never seen before. They told me to go and judge that performance to the rubric, and then have a judging's meeting with them. And I got my shit wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> I got my shit wrecked when I was doing that. I had no clue what I was doing. Like, not, not that I had no clue what I was doing, but like, I got my shit wrecked. I had a judge's meeting with them, and Kunto like pretended to be angry or not angry but like upset with the placings and he showed me what that experience was and then on top of that they when i would give them feedback they would they would reference back to the rubric so it was like giving me practice on how to score properly to that rubric and then also giving me practice on how to give feedback because i had that preparation i didn't shit the bed completely when i went and judged nbc like i i had that little bit of a warm-up period to go and judge that competition or it, it's very important and it's a very serious matter. You know, these teams are spending a lot of time creating these sets that you need to be prepared. It's a higher, it's a very important responsibility. So that's what they did with me. You know, at first I was like, Oh my God, I have to do all this shit. Like why I didn't realize how much work it was going to be. But then I was actually coming out of that. I was very appreciative of it because now whenever I go and judge, I actually do this anytime I judge a competition. I go and take the rubric and I watch a random video that I haven't seen and I judge it, maybe two or three videos. It gives me a warm up period to um, to get into it and like actually get into proper judging. And I actually really appreciated that that I you know it's 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 like it's like something that like you have to practice. It's not going to just come naturally uh, to anybody. And it, it, that was a great practice for me. So that was kind of my story about how I got into or how I actually got. I learned all this stuff about judging and what are the do's and don'ts. I'm going to be honest with you. I do not think that the judges who judged at ADZ took any time to do this at all. I don't think, I think 80% of people who go and judge a competition don't do this. Um, and when I mean 80%, I mean 80% of new judges. Just throwing an arbitrary number out there. But I, I, I truly believe that a majority of people do not take the time and actually practice it. And I'm really, I'm, I 
preach it. Like it's very important that you do that and that you practice your judging before you go and judge your first time. It 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 will help you so much. Like like Sid said, like practicing before really gets you in the mind and the frame to judge the competition through that rubric. Like we watch, we've all watched Bangra plenty of times, but have you sat down with a rubric in front of you? Have you? timed yourself going through performance giving yourself only like three minutes before the next performance and then typing everything out under that time pressure under like under that like level of stress typing all your thoughts out doing it live and then assigning points very quickly and then moving on to the next performance like that is a skill that is something that needs to be practiced and so it definitely is a skill man i mean it 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 took me time it took me a competition and new judges you're not going to be perfect man like you're human it's a new thing. You're like it's not like your first performance you ever did on stage. You're perfect, but it's important that you practice beforehand and that you make sure you did do all the prep beforehand. You're treating it like a responsibility, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's my advice. I'm. I mean, I. It's really funny. Sid, do you remember at NDC what I'd always say to the teams at the end? You know, you guys would always be like, "Oh yeah, just uh, message me." And then what? I, what did I would do? I was like, "No, Facetime me." <laughs> <laughs> And people actually did. And I helped them out. People actually FaceTimed me. And I was like, damn, I'm taking initiative. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm putting myself out there. If you want some help and training on how to judge, I'll put myself out there. Say, FaceTime me. I'll help you out. Amen. I mean, it, it, we've talked about this endlessly or said this statement endlessly. Reaching out to anybody that, that you want to get feedback from, they're just, I've never, ever heard of someone being like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely reach out yep. and, and yep. you know yeah so that's it's very important and the kind of something that I'm mm-hmm. going to talk about too as a as a judge uh, you, you gotta be professional in the judges meeting and this is something that's gonna happen like gonna dude so you've been a judge meeting so you're just pissed right like like yes upset. dude I have like, I've been, I've been in a judges meeting where the team was so mad they didn't even send their captains they just sent like I don't even know who just like some random like some random dances from the team just to record our what we said and then they just left. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they got out there clearly so pissed. They were so bad they didn't come and they sent their scrubs. Like, what, what do you want me to do? Oh, maintain professionalism. And and um, why I'm, maintain professionalism and why I'm saying this is because I heard in this ADZ judges meeting, the judges in that meeting let the professionalism slip completely and one of the judges started mocking the team. And the captain and you have to if you're going to judge you have to be patient and under and you have to be patient and understanding of that team put yourself in their shoes so if they come at you upset don't be like yo fuck those guys who the fuck do they think they are sit in their shoes and understand and be empathetic of it and don't lose your professionalism we have all been in the situation when you are pissed about a place and god knows if anybody's heard of stories about me yeah i get pissed as fuck when i get second place <laughs> so you get mad a lot yeah no nah, just just sometimes <laughs> just just like once in the blue moon <laughs> as i storm out of brewing <laughs> fuck this fuck that oh my nah but i mean in all honesty like listen we've all been mad we've all been mad coming into judges meeting like god knows i squeezed the fuck out of like I, I think I like, broke Sagar's fingers a few times as we were like sitting in a judges meeting, just like grabbing his hand, and squeezing it as somebody's like fucking talking to me. Like you've been there, we've all been there. But the thing is, they're like the dancers allowed to be mad. They're, they they have full right to be mad. They should be mad. You can't. 
But, you know, unless, unless they're, like, being, like, complete assholes towards you and, like, calling you names and shit, like, that's one story. But, I mean, like, you are there. You're hired. You were flown out. You were, or, you sh- like, you were flown out. You were, you were paid, you are ho- We'll talk about that. Yeah, part. yeah, yeah. But, like, gen- a, <laughs> a lot of comps. are now actually hired. A lot of comps but, are, like, we'll fly yeah. you out. They'll pay for your hotel room. They'll pay for your lunch. You were, like, maybe you're not, like, given $5, like, $100, but you were paid. You were paid to be there. So, act like yeah. it. So, that's and that's kind of like you know segueing us back into like what comps need to do right okay so we talked about now if you're a judge really you know, listen to that and actually take it to heart what we all just like what all of us just said because it's very important it's what makes you a good judge being a good judge is different than being a great creative choreographer they're two different things okay so what we just said is all about being a good judge but you know the the thing that i actually hear a lot right about this whole comp app like this whole comp process of picking judges is applications. I didn't never saw this. This I have never seen this before until starting like 2016, 2017. Teams or sorry, not teams. Competitions started releasing applications for their judges, right? So like, what you do is you go to a Google form, you answer some BS questions. I'll be honest, they're BS 90% of the time. It's like the question is, what do you value in Punga? I hate that question so fucking much, dude. Why the hell would you even ask me that question? I'm what I value in Punga is what's important on that rubric. I'm judging to your rubric, not what I value. So I'm very confused. But often this is just that's different though. But judges, teams started doing applications, right? Or sorry, competitions started doing applications. And <clears throat> in those applications, you know, you have to vet them. You have to really vet them. You need to have a little bit of an understanding of Bangladesh to a- enable to properly vet these applications and know who these people are. I saw actually I saw this, and this is not to call out Bangladesh and the Bird because they probably don't know any better. But I I saw Bangladesh and the Bird say that the executive board for their competition doesn't need to have any Pangra knowledge. But they said in their application, if you're an executive you know, executive board, what does that mean? That means the director of a competition, the director, the the treasurer, the all these these things doesn't need to have Pangra knowledge. I mean, they don't need to know that, anything about the circuit. Dude, listen, that is the most bullshit That's statement I've man. ever heard in my entire That's life. Like, you can't no. do that. You can't do that. You you have to you have to um, you know, have some sort of semblance of Pangra knowledge because if you don't, judges can just fucking lie, or potential judges can just lie to your face about what competitions they've done and all the shit that they've done in the circuit, which we have seen and I have seen on people put out there, multiple people put out there on their resumes that, you know, that they'll like, they'll say that I was captain of this team. I danced at this, 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 and this. I have 16 years of fun. Dude. A 21-year-old said... Or I think a twenty or twenty-one year old said, "I have sixteen years of competitive." Dude, I don't care what you did when you were five. I don't care what you did at ten. Yeah, I dead ass know that that person did not have sixteen years of competitive Dude, experience. Okay, doing Bhangra in your 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 uncle's basement, like when you're eight years old, like and as he's like trying to like walk you through what a thamal is, like that's that's not that's not what we're talking about. I don't care what you did at five, ten, fifteen. I mean, whatever, like. I want to know what you did in the circuit. I want to know where you've competed. Yeah. I want to know what teams you've led. I want to know who you've taught. If you haven't done that shit, yeah. the fuck are you doing there? Yeah, you can't. It's it's you can't just put random numbers on there because again, this is a responsibility. So you can't just put random like facts or random tidbits that don't make any sense and are lying. And this is mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, it's it's now this is getting me to and Sid, Umar, you know I've talked about this quite a bit. Yeah. Okay, judging, it's not for clout. Okay, if you're gonna come in, and I apologize to anybody that if I actually I don't apologize if I get this heated, 
Judging is not for clout. What I am seeing right now in the circuit is people are saying, are the reason they want to judge is like, oh yeah, I'm going to go judge. Why do you want to judge, bro? Like everyone's doing it. Or um, I want to be able to post on my Instagram that I'm judging this competition so that I can get my name out there and be the cool person at that Bunger.com comp and go hook up with people. That's literally some of the reasons why people are judging in the circuit. Dead ass. And judging is not a clout thing. Okay, I see this bullshit about like, congratulations. Look, congrats to my friend that they're judging this competition. Congrats, congrats. Judging is a responsibility, okay? It's a very important responsibility, okay? You're going to judge a competition, okay? You're, this is not, your job isn't done when you get selected. Your job ends when you get the proper results out to those teams. That's when your job is done. And you need to take it with that seriousness. It's not about clout. It is not about doing this. This shit is not about, oh, look at me, how many competitions I've judged. Yo, fuck that, man. You think the senior, you think senior judges in the circuit get, like keep count of how many fucking competitions they judge? No, because they have a different mindset. When I came in to judging, I had one I had I had a mind I had a, like a thought process behind it. I said I want to judge Bangara number 1 because I want to be able to know that the knowledge that I have gained over these past whatever 5 6 7 years doesn't just go to waste. That's why I, I wanted to judge. I said I want to ensure that Bangara is not being following trends that are counterproductive or Bangara is following the bad wrong trends. That's why I straight up dead ass was like I need to ju- I need to judge because I want to do these things. I had a very deep reason behind yeah. it. And if you're someone in the judging, if you're someone in the circuit and a current dancer, before you go and judge, go and apply. Ask yourself why you're doing it. You know, find that um, I, I, I find that reason, that deep reason. Not that I just want to judge so I can post on my fucking Instagram. And like that's that's bullshit. It's complete bullshit. I hate it. I hate seeing it. It deteriorates the reason for judging. Okay. Dude, I mean, it deteriorates the reason for judging, and it's and I I've just been, I've just been it's it's irked me because I've seen it over the past year year and a half. Um, I, it's just I'm something with you, that, man. It, it, it eats at me because I you're not at, those people aren't asking the right reasons. They're not doing it for the right reasons, and the right reason is what's going to make you be the person to actually go out and say I need to get trained to practice judging and take it to that level of seriousness. And I, and I want to say that the most fulfilling part for me of judging and and just as you said I mean I didn't I didn't start doing it for clout I, I wanted to do it because you know and I, th- I think it's a right reason for a lot of people to want to start doing it is if you've ever felt like you never got good feedback if you felt like you you know the results might have not might not have been right <laughs> we've all felt both of those the, things the, I remember the moment I wanted to learn how to so this was uh what was bird 11 whatever year that whatever year that was judge straight up fucking said to me yeah, I don't really judge to a rubric. I just kind of look at the performance and then apply the points later. Like, yo, fuck you, man. Like, that that right there, I was like, all right, I need to judge because this guy needs to fucking get the fuck out of here. <laughs> As I was saying. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I was like, holy shit, okay. Okay. Yeah. I knew we were going to toss that in somewhere. I okay. had to. Yeah, I had sorry, to. Sorry. Yeah. Continue. Uh, that, you know, that's one thing. <laughs> But, you know, I got into it and because for those reasons, I wanted to help teams because I was always in a situation where I didn't grow up in Barda having an Estad. Same. BTF Same. Same. and YouTube videos and whatever Harmon would bring back from Punjab or whoever would bring back from Punjab was my Ustad. 
right? This combination of all this information. And the one that you could actually talk to was the judges. And when the judges weren't getting, they, they really just didn't, they weren't helpful. They weren't productive. And it wasn't until I really sat down with, you know, I, I, I really, I asked two judges, I was like, hey, you know, can you just talk to me for 30 minutes and really explain this stuff to me? Because, you know, it's been a long time. You've judged us a few times. You're saying the same things. Obviously, we're not understanding what you're telling us. Can you help me out? And, and, and thankfully, that you know, two, two judges uh, did that for me. And it absolutely changed everything. And, you know, and sure. I'm not here to rag sure. on them. You were that right? person for me. Yeah, and, and it, I'm not here to rag on those guys for what they did inside the judges' meetings because, you know, they were saying the right things, but it just wasn't clicking for me. And the moment that I got, I understood what they were saying. I was like, okay, that's what that means. And then all of a sudden, you, you know, after those meetings, guys, like FCB became, finally became successful. <laughs> yeah, and, and, the, and, and where I'm going with it is that whenever I was able to communicate with teams the way that those judges communicated with me, and then you go and you watch them do good, it is, and you see that they're applying what you say. It's so fulfilling, right? It's like it's so fulfilling to watch that happen, and and that's why you that's why I do it, right? Because I want to see other teams do well, and watching them do well after having you know given them feedback, actionable feedback, <laughs> it's 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 fulfilling, man. It's 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 so much fun to watch, and it's something that you know sticks with you for a long time. Yeah. So yeah, it's and another thing is Sid that you're talking about with all of this. Is I want this is I'm gonna put now because we've been referring to numbers this entire time this podcast I'm gonna put some numbers in people's minds about what how much a fungi competition costs and why it's so important to get the the results correct. So when I'm applying to a fungi competition, I'm paying reg fees, I'm paying hotel costs. Um, in addition to that, I'm paying um, for travel, I'm paying for all my verdia, I'm paying for my time is money, I'm paying for the time I'm in practice. Okay, not factoring that time is for money. You know, that time's money. And let's just say you're a team like KPGD who came from North Carolina all to Wisconsin. For people to put you into contacts, that's about a two-hour flight or like a 20-hour drive. You're paying close to $8,000 just to compete at a competition. Where your prize money, where the maximum you can make is $2,000. Okay? So just putting these numbers into 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 context, right? That Now take that 8000 and say there's eight teams there that means those eight teams spent sixty four thousand dollars now on top of that add all the cost of renting the facility of yeah pretty much renting the facility of renting the mixture facility getting the food getting all the whatever you know everything ready you're looking at like a two hundred thousand dollar bill for competition in the combination of a team and the competition of like cost so you got to get this shit right you gotta you should be you, you know, Umar, like, I think you said this to me. You're like a little scared when you're judging mm-hmm. the first time. You should be. You should be nervous because there's a lot of weight on your shoulder. But you got to take that and then morph that into actually becoming a great judge. It's a lot of money. I mean, just to give another even bigger number into context, because I like always tossing this around, SPD probably spent upwards of $30,000 for their Bungard Arena performance. How so? Let that How so? Like, I mean, ex- explain it more than that. Like what I, do you mean? Like okay, like break it down, break it down for me. Okay, so SPD yeah. probably spent thirty thousand. Or I, I like to mm-hmm. say this number, and I always like to put this in context for people to understand why this mm-hmm. is important. SPD spent thirty thousand dollars at Bangladesh Arena when they went there. What does that mean? So their flights, the Vardina, um, probably their rent for the facility that they dance in. You, if I'm not even, I'm not even factoring that in. 
they spent for their for their Vardina travel flights, whatever registration fees if they had to pay them, like all of that stuff, summed up probably over I would say probably even over thirty thousand dollars. So you can understand. I'm not saying validating what people do is correct, but you can understand when someone's upset how much not just time and passion, but money goes into this. And now talking about money, I mean one thing is that like I think that competitions can do and do better is getting a senior judge on a panel. What do you mean by a senior judge, Saab? <laughs> I mean, I think Sid can talk about this because I would consider him a senior judge. Sid, what would you consider a senior judge and why, just, is, that important? why is that important? Just someone that's been been around, that has judged, that has experience. It's not, it's not someone to push around a panel, but someone to at least guide the panel. So uh, we talk about you know your experience, Saab, back, in, uh, back at NDC when you judged for the first time. You know, we didn't, we didn't force you in any direction. Right. But we were at least there to guide you to understand how to judge, what to look, you know, what to look for, how to communicate with the teams, etc. And you were able to take that and go. Right. And you and you had less, I would imagine, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, maybe you had less nervousness about the whole no, situation. I was pretty nervous. I mean, I just I didn't shit the bed as hard. Right. Like what I said earlier, like, I didn't like. I didn't completely fuck it up, you know. I wasn't. I didn't have people make a podcast about me. Luckily, because I had that though. If I didn't, I probably would be like getting shot on, honestly. And, and the other thing about it though is the the newer judges like yourself can learn, right? Hearing someone that has been around that has done it and can do it better than someone that's never done it before. You know, they're gonna the the, the newer judges are going to learn. They're gonna watch that older judge do it. And then learn. This is 100% what happened to me, too, whenever whenever I started judging. Listening to other judges around me that had more experience, like listening to whether they gave feedback, listening to the things that they saw and understanding why they did, why they, you know, did what they did or put the points the way they did, whatever, right? Every single time you, every single time you go into it, even now, I, I still learn from other judges around me of how and why they did it. And it makes me a better judge going forward. But when it comes to a situation like ADZ, and from what, from my own knowledge, it's, it's not like they didn't try to to get you know a senior judge or a more experienced judges on that panel but that's a that's a classic example we, we talk about the bug situation we talk about you know scoring being you know not not properly done we talk about contradictions of, of each other and stuff like that you know what I mean not of each other but of themselves that all can get mitigated with a with a senior type person in the room to be able to take the reins just a little bit just enough to make sure that everybody's doing the right things right it's not about it, you know, tell me telling Saab, oh, you're wrong. <laughs> it's not. It's not about that. It's about you know making sure Saab is thinking the right way, and if that's the way that if this is the conclusions he's coming to, and these are his opinions, so be it. Right? He's a part of the panel. He's not any less or more than me. But him being a newer person, I just want him. I just want to make sure that he's thinking correctly. He's saying things correctly. And he's communicating correctly. And the, but the, Sid, one thing is that problem. I'm telling you what happens is that competitions they don't put that money toward the judging. I think that's a huge problem. Yeah, 100%. They do, they not. do not. And what I'm talking about is when I'm flying out to your competition, that means I'm paying like two to $300 for a flight, and you're not covering that, as someone who's, I'm going to be like, why would I do that? Why would I put the money out of my pocket to go and provide this responsibility and service to you? And on top of that, if you are if you want to get the more senior judges like Sid you're talking about, those senior judges are probably someone who's a little bit older, is an adult, has other responsibilities in their life. 
you have to sweeten the pot a little bit by providing that funding. Um, I, I truly think that if you want to get senior judges, you have to put that, that money in there. And I, okay, I remember how I just broke down all the numbers. The numbers I'm talking about are like, you invest like, if you have three judges and you have to fly like two of them out, you're investing like $500 into a judge. What you can do, I'm gonna tell you a competition, just don't go and buy all these random fucking shot glasses and like tote bags and random little knickknacks here and there. Don't spend five, six hundred thousand, like six hundred, five to six hundred dollars on that crap, and spend the money on a on a flight for a judge. I am perfectly fine with that. I would much rather you do that than spend that money there. And because, like, dude, we're talking about this. I mean, you're you're putting like a competition to run a competition is like a hundred thousand dollar thing. It's a big one. That's that's not even one percent of your budget, but. But it's like makes or breaks your competition because look at this. We keep saying ADZ, ADZ, bad judging, ADZ, bad judging. Your name gets put down if you don't get the right judges. I mean, think about Reina Fungerda. I Has that comp happened since no, Rob 2017? No, it hasn't. Like, like that, this, your comp could have run beautifully. You could have had the best, best mixer food in the damn world. You could have had like the nicest liaisons ever. But, Places come out, and they see something real sus, and then they hear about trash from the judges' meeting, and then they hear about score sheets. Dude, it doesn't matter what what else you did. Like, the judging is what matters. The, the outcome is what matters. And so, if I'm a judge, and I know with Sid, me, Sager on FCB, I'm assuming with y'all on Fortile, like, when I hear about sus judging at a competition, cough, cough. To any competition that's asked FCB to come and we haven't come, one of the big reasons might be because, oh yeah, I heard judging last year was kind of trash, and so we're not gonna go. Because every single year something sus happens. It's super important, and I think that uh, it's a reason to come back, man. You know, when there's great judging and you get great oh, feedback, oh, dude, you walk yeah. out. Yeah. You might not have a shot glass, as Saab said, and and again, I I mentioned this in my posts about speaker systems. I don't, I don't have any, maybe I have like four shot glasses from all the competitions I've been to. Maybe I can find them somewhere in all of my belongings. <laughs> There's so many competitions. I just don't even, I don't even know if I got the shot glass. Bro, I stopped, Bro, I stopped giving a shit about that stuff. <laughs> like I'm like, I'll take the t-shirt cause it's like something I can wear while I'm there. Cause I maybe didn't pack enough, but like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a fuck about the shot yeah, glass. Yeah. And, and, and <laughs> like, you know, it, your, your solution to that competition is just to go and just to get, you know, enough those little tiny red solo cup looking shot glasses that's going to cost you what 15 bucks to cover every single team there yeah. And, yeah. and then everybody can enjoy themselves after the competition right outside of that you know get but i'm just it's a fact of it's just a fact of life here good judging can make up for so many of the things you can have a terrible liaison it could be a terrible show experience from the music system being weird Good judges will bring a team back. They will want to come mm-hmm. back because they they're the, because that that meeting resonates so much with them, and they'll walk out of that judges meeting knowing why they won, why they lost, why they did this, and what they need to do, and they will be happy to go enjoy themselves at the after party. They walk out not having a good judges meeting, after party is going to stink for them, mm-hmm. right? And and maybe not for some some random person on the team that doesn't that's not listening to the judges meeting, 
at least on FCB, I mean, everybody, every, everybody on our team wants to know what happens in the judges' meeting. And if we walk in and we're like, yo, listen, the judges were really bad, it puts a damper on a lot of things, right? We, we obviously get up and we enjoy ourselves as much as we can, but it's a whole lot different than when we, even if we get second, if the judging is good and we got, and even though we're upset that we got second, we at least walk out and we can enjoy ourselves knowing that. Yo, dude, championships of Bangladesh, for example? Great time. Oh my God. Like when he came out of the judgment, I was like, you know what? No, 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 no that's right. You, like we completely agree with this. We Second was probably like, we agree with that. Like, and not even agreeing with that, but it's just like, okay, so this is why. All right. I understand that point. You made a very valid point. Okay. I understand. We go back to our team. We say, yeah, this is what happened. They're like, oh yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Understood. Cool. Now the, the comps behind us. We're not just like fuming in a corner, like angry old men, just like, we're okay. We can move on, and then we can go and enjoy the the rest of our night. Cool guys. Um, I mean, I think this was really good. I, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I I care about the future and what is what it's going to look like, and, and the future judges coming in, especially as I get older and start moving, start facing my ability to do anything <laughs> bunger related as it as it is on its way out. Lies, all lies, dude. At some point, you know, marriage. Yeah, at kids. some point, when you're seventy five, you might be done. That might be on my, when I get back into it. <laughs> Yo, 30 years from now, let's all come back. <laughs> but no, seriously, like I hope, you know, whatever questions anybody has, please reach out. Please post on BTF. I don't care. We can start a discussion about anything that we said today. Uh, it means a lot to us. We've invested so much time until we care about it. It's very passionate. It means, you know, you know the whole Barna circuit means a lot to us. So we care, and that's why we're doing this. Mm-hmm. All right. Any last comments from anybody? No, I don't. So, oh, I uh, yeah, like, comment, subscribe yeah, 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 to uh, Burger Sing on Instagram. <laughs> um, that's uh, if you want some burger knowledge. What kind of burgers? Right. What, what kind of burgers? All right. Or is there a follow-up?